0: May all beings be happy, may all beings be healthy, may all beings be free from harm, may all beings love life, may all beings awaken. Welcome to another Duke Audio podcast. I'm D.C. Puba of Duke Audio and Q Archives, preserving the legacy of Shinju Suzuki and those whose paths cross his, and anything else that comes to mind. I pray that you and yours are safe and comfortable, free from economic hardship and able to get out and do whatever it is you want within the limitations of the universal precept of do as little harm as possible. Uh, so today we have a, um, a guest, uh, David Silva, who um, first came to Tassajara, I figure— 19 late 1950s early 1960s with his parents so uh, he remembered the road <laughs> and um, later uh, he came back as a student in 1971 at the last practice period during Shunyu Suzuki's life and um, anyway uh, he's he's got uh, an interesting trajectory there. He um, he was the only really trained uh, firefighter. Uh, he'd worked for the Forest Service, um, I, I I think, in the summers when he was uh, a high school student, and uh, he was helpful in, in in that way there. And uh, mm, he's you know he he he's such an outdoors guy. Like, uh, he's just always hiking all over. We'll talk about that some. Beautiful photography. Uh, check out davidsilvaphotography.com and davidsilva on Flickr. Anyway, so look, uh, as soon as we've had our pause to meditate, let's give him a call and uh, we'll see what happens. Listen, toward the end, I don't know what it is There's some sort of sound either. He's doing it and doesn't realize it or it's interference. And I get rid of a lot of it, but I leave some of it at the end. I don't know. It's all sort of scratchy. It's like he's walking around with uh, cornflakes in his pockets. Uh, (laughs) Anyway, I got rid of a a lot of it. And right at the end, I thought, well, why don't I share this? Uh, Because that was a little time-consuming. It was only only toward the end of the whole thing that started happening. I didn't know why. Uh, But – No matter. Uh, So when you hear the sound of the bell, uh, if you're of such a mind, uh, hit pause and meditate or whatever for as long as you wish. And when you're through, ready to come back, hit unpause. We'll hit the bell to end the meditation and we'll uh, get going with David Silva. Hey, David. Hi there. How you doing?
1: Hey, I'm doing good. Can you hear me okay?
0: Yeah, yeah, indeed. I never. Uh, I
1: don't spend that time, much time on my cell phone talking, so I'm never sure if it works.
0: Well, uh, you, you've passed the test. Uh, so, <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, yeah. So how you doing? I'm doing great. Yeah, how are you doing? Yeah, me too. I'm excited to talk to you, David. Yeah, it's been a while. <laughs> it has. It Indeed. really has. Yes. Uh, I'm very impressed with your posts on Facebook. My gosh, ma'am, you really spend a lot of time getting out into the wilderness and different places and you take great pictures. Um, Thanks. I appreciate that.
1: I I enjoy it.
0: I it's one of my great loves. Well, obviously. Right. So um uh, so, so what are you up to right now?
1: So, um, so Linda and I sort of uh, live in two places these days. Uh, we actually kind of live in three places, but we live in Oakland. That's where we've lived for – I've lived ever since I left Zen Center in the uh, late 80s. Uh, and, um, and then we bought a place up in Auburn, California, which is where I am right now. Uh, and for 15 years or so, we just rented it. We had one renter, and we rented it out, and then uh, one of those people's parents died, and so they went off to the East Coast to live in the house their parents left, and we sort of had to decide what we were going to do with this place. We'd originally bought it to retire, um, but when you plan that far ahead, you When it comes to the actual time, it doesn't always work out the way you think it was going to.
2: Yeah.
1: And the house needed a lot of work, and we kind of debated. So, first, we just decided to start repairing it a little bit. And in the process of doing that, we kind of remodeled it more than I thought we were going to, personally. Um, Mm -hmm. (laughs) And after we did that, we decided, well, let's just live in it for a while. And so now, we actually you know, uh, spend a fair amount of time here. Um, so I tell I tell people we, we spend about a third of the time in Auburn, a third of the time in Oakland, and a third of the time on the road, which is basically camping and hiking, uh, visiting my 96-year-old mother in Monterey, uh, seeing the grandkids kind of thing.
0: Wow. Wow. Uh, so uh, wh- where was the last place you went?
1: Well, so currently I'm sitting actually on the, the, the uh, deck at Auburn and some loud mechanical noise is starting up. So let me know if that, you can hear that and I'll just move inside. So, uh, All right. and I just, just, um,
0: I can't just hear it. I, yeah, let me, l- let good. me see good. if I can hear it. Wait a minute. No, it's not picking it up. Great. Glad to hear it. Um,
1: we just came out of Tahoe National Forest where we just did a four-day backpack trip. Uh, we just came out yesterday, um, mm-hmm. and before that, we were here for a few days. And Before that, we were in Auburn for uh, in an Oakland, sorry, for probably about a week. And um, actually, during that week, I, I saw uh, Rick Levine and uh, and Fran Francis during that week. Oh yeah, a, yeah. They had a p- political uh, fundraiser at their house that we went to.
2: Oh. Um,
1: and going back further than that I can't remember where I've been.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, I can uh <laughs> a little bit. Uh, you um well one thing is living in Auburn you're you're much closer to the Sierras and uh the Tahoe yeah. area and uh, um all that Sterling Bunnell uh got a place there and Lived there for years, uh, uh-huh. yeah. You know, and he was uh, a real nature man. I, I first heard the word ecology from him back in uh, '67 at Tassahara. Um, yeah, yeah. But he lived up up here, huh? Yeah, he had a home. He lived with his wife uh, after Kathy, but now uh, his wife maybe Diane. It's been a while. And uh, yeah. you know uh, they had some kids, and uh, uh, he he th- he bought a house with a swimming pool, so uh, he could turn it into a. I don't know. I think it was, it was shrimp, and who knows what he had in there. Well, you
2: yeah.
0: <laughs> you wouldn't want to go swimming. He probably did, <laughs> but and then he was having everybody uh, 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 use uh, the toilet in a, a bathtub in the garage, and it was composting it and using uh, worms uh, to compost it. And it was like, and he picked up a big handful and put it right in my face. He said, see, it <laughs> smells sweet. And he had a, a falcon that went hunting for him there and in Oakland. Anyway, enough about Sterling. He, uh,
1: I the, the little bit I remember of him is he was a very unusual character.
0: Oh, yeah, he was something. My God. Uh,
1: was, was did he was he a practicing uh, student at Zen Center or was he just one of those interesting people that was attracted to Zen Center?
0: Somewhere between the two. Got it. Uh I think he, he, he knew Zen Center through Avon. Uh uh there's uh, an interview with him on cute dot com. Uh yeah, yeah. You know, he had trouble sitting, but uh he uh you know, um, you know. If if you go to his page on Q.com, dot com, it also links to uh, uh, things he's written and stuff. Um, um, he thanks, wrote for this, huh?
1: Yeah. Thanks for the tip.
0: Yeah, he wrote yeah, for Scientific we- American. Uh, he he wrote a pretty well known article on the what were they called? Those fish in Death Valley. Uh, that you know that live in the very very salty water that's coming down okay. that creek. I, I, yeah, I I Pup just fish. visited those. I,
1: I yeah, pufffish. Pufffish. Yeah, I was just there this spring actually in Death Valley and, and visited those very fish.
0: Yeah, yeah. I've I've been there a few times. Uh, yeah, it's neat, and they, they have the the Forest Service or the Park Service has a little. Uh, wooden walkways where you can, yeah, go up there.
1: Very quaint, very, very cute, those walkways,
0: yeah, yeah, that's cool. Uh,
1: you know, we I wanted to say about Sterling, um, not too long ago, a bunch of us had a discussion on uh, Facebook about a line from a Phil Whalen poem that people thought might have been referencing Sterling Bunnell. Actually, what did you so say? I, well, I it's I cannot
0: remember. That's <laughs> that's going to be impossible. Uh, send me but an email. Send me an email. Yeah, I I,
1: I might not even be able to find it again. But yes, I will. Um, but we I think we all figured Philip never met Sterling. Now I just it just seemed like not possible. Oh
0: no, it would have been quite possible. Oh, uh-huh. yeah. Is it,
1: uh huh. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I I'll make a note to that. I don't even remember how it all arose. Whether I started the discussion, wherever I found the quote, I don't know. But I'm going to make a note, and I'll see what I can find.
0: Yeah. Um, and I can dig up some stuff. There's some things coming to mind. People, uh, Sterling, New, um, uh, you know, it's possible. Anyway, yeah, that's cool. All right. Well, that was a little aside there. Uh, <laughs> so, hey, so you can't remember where else you've been. You were in Alaska, you were in the Alaska oh, yes yeah. oh, and oh,
2: that that's was right thanks, thanks
0: <laughs> <laughs> that was recently,
1: yeah, that was very recent actually <laughs> uh
0: and uh what what did you all take turn uh, like there's a picture of you way, way down or you said it's me or our our uh David uh, what's your wife's name again Linda, Linda, yeah, Linda, right. Or maybe that was Linda down there. Uh, you remember that picture? It was a long way away.
1: Yeah. yeah, I took a picture of Linda. She was climbing up the edge of a glacier, and I took a picture looking up at her. I think that's the one you mean. Maybe. Uh,
0: well, that's one. Know. There's another one where the photographer, I suppose you, is way up high and down, um, going down uh, toward a glacier, but it's it's lower. It's like a lake, you know, down there. Yeah. Uh, she's walking down toward it a long way away, you know, like half a mile or something.
1: (laughs) Well, it probably has something to do with the perspective of the lens or something, but probably wasn't that far away. Um,
0: Oh, all right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, it might have something to do with the perspective of my memory. Uh, uh, Anyway, uh, so where did you go in Alaska, and what was that about, and how long were you there, and what was it like?
1: I think that we were there maybe about two and a half weeks. Um, and we spent uh, about five days in Juneau. And then we flew up to Anchorage. And we did this little loop where we went down the Kenai Peninsula, down to Seward. And we came back up. How did you go? We, went, uh, uh, we flew to uh, uh, Juneau. Then we flew to Anchorage. And then we did a driving loop back to Anchorage. We did a car loop. Yeah. And then we took a couple of ferries. Um, Yeah. Uh, So, yeah, we did the Kenai Peninsula and then down to Seward up to Whittier. Whittier's a fascinating little place. Um, Took a ferry over to Valdez, the famous, you know, uh, oil tanker spill. And then we drove up this mountain range that actually I don't remember the name of. Uh, and then we just went back down to Anchorage. Um, we did a combination of camping and staying in cottages or motels or stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But, uh, we did a lot of hiking. We didn't do any backpacking. It's just, it's just too big, you know. Anchorage. Mm-hmm. Is, I mean, Alaska is just too big. I, you, I mean, you, you could walk for a day, and it's not gonna. The scenery is not going to change in any way whatsoever. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> um, did
1: Even you- people. Even people driving down the road say, you know, you're driving down the road and you just kind of think you're not moving because everything kind of stays the same. And you look down and you're going, oh, my God, I'm going 70 miles an hour. Sure, I guess maybe I should go a little slower.
0: Well, in what way does it look the same? What does it look well, like? It's,
1: um, mostly it's a lot of, lot of trees, a whole lot of trees. But, um, but the, the highlight of our, our Alaska trip were, were glaciers. So... Uh, there's a lot of glaciers in Alaska and we visited at least six of them. We walked on one. I think that's what that photograph you're talking about is. We mm-hmm. got up super close and personal on a uh, boat trips to a couple of others. A um, couple of others, we just kind of hiked up close to them. Um, yeah. So that, that part isn't all the same though. I was a little worried when I posted my photographs that, people just get tired of looking at pictures of glaciers. Um, but the glaciers are all quite unique and different. Um, but when you're driving one, one place to another, there's a, a whole lot of forest, a whole lot of forest. Mm. Uh, yeah, and, and big snow-capped mountains, too.
0: Mm. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Um, any? Uh, d- did you uh, observe anything or learn anything about uh, uh are uh, the glaciers the condition of them are they receding or whatever
2: um
1: almost all glaciers are receding
0: yes yeah they are did you have uh, any- there's a
1: few Go on. few that aren't there's a few that aren't but the majority of them are like we visited the um, columbia glacier and at one point the boat skipper said this is where the glacier was 25 years ago and it's 14 miles away now. 14 miles. Mm-hmm. You couldn't see it. you know. Um, throughout the time Linda and I have been together, we have uh, visited a number of glaciers. And um, we've had the experience where we could actually, very early in our relationship, we went to uh, the Ashabath in a big ice field up in Canada, in British Columbia. And then we went back. Not too long ago, but maybe five, six years ago, and stood at the spot we where the glacier was when we visited it ourselves in our relationship, mm. and you could barely see the glacier anymore.
2: Mm.
0: So
1: it's it's we've had some very real experiences about receding glaciers now.
0: Hmm. Mm. I know uh, there's this one book I haven't read it, but. Uh What's it called? The end device, uh, uh, where a guy did a study on on what would happen or what will happen uh, if, when uh, there's no more uh, ice cap and glaciers, and uh, he saw that factor alone as just being devastating to civilization. Right. Uh, right. Uh and uh, yeah, he was a, a real doomer. Uh he he was like <laughs> he was uh, on the earth is in we're in hospice uh end of things. Um
1: Well, well I mean I, I just just to say I I uh I I I'm a kind of a believer of that particular view. Um meaning uh, I think it's uh, Joanne Macy that talks about um, how to live with pl- climate change and um, that it is the same way you would live in, in hospice with a dying, a dying patient, a dying person. Yeah. Um, I, I, I would say that for me, it's one of the, the biggest um, questions that, in my life. Uh, how I how do I live in a, on a planet that I am cert- almost certain is dying, and what is yeah. it, does it mean to be living at a time? Because you know the, the generation, the time I grew up in, um, when we had in, you know, Earth Day came into effect, the ecology came into effect, and there was so much optimism about saving the world. Right, uh, and then to know that. Uh, it, it's probably not possible to save the world, actually. And it's—it is. We, I think, we humans have to live with the fact that humans are the most destructive force on the planet in 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 geological time since the Ice Age. That humans are going to be are the ruin of the planet. It's it's a fascinating time to live
0: since the Ice Age. I think that's an overly. Uh, 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 what would you say kind uh, uh appraisal of it uh i'd uh-huh. say i'd say since the uh i'd say in all history because right because uh we're on a trajectory to destroy life on earth and uh i you know many many scientists say we're not going to do that and they're much more positive but Anyway, it's part of the discussion. the the you know the the meteorite that hit uh, sixty five million years ago or whatever. I think is the only thing that you could compare to it. And personally, I just can't help but think, well, we'll probably come out of it. But uh, uh, you know, I, I even you know, it's like, like maybe one side of my brain. Is, is a doomer and the other side says, well, you don't really know what's going to happen and people are resourceful and maybe uh, you know, like Lovelock just died. Right? Uh-huh. A, on his 103rd birthday, like uh-huh. five days ago or something. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, uh, And, uh, you know, he created the idea of Gaia, the how everything on the Earth is interconnected and the Earth is self-regulating. And then He came to feel that we were deregulating the system later on, you know, and wrote The Revenge of Gaia. Uh, And then his last book, I think his last book, was Rough Ride into the Future. Uh, He said uh, not long ago, I would say in the last five, ten years, he said he thought uh, life was in its last one percent. The last 1% Uh of its lifetime on Earth. Life. Uh Now, he wasn't saying the human race.
1: Uh Life. All of life. Yeah. (laughs) Everything that we think of and conceive of as life.
0: Yeah. Uh, But, um, you know, I don't think it has to be that way. I mean, we'll see what happens. I, I just, you know, I... I posted something. I have a cute nonsense blog. So, you know, there was an article in BBC on people fighting against the doomers and uh, all that are, you know, movements to say, hey, that's not really where the science is at, and you know. uh, But it didn't have any convincing arguments. You know, it it, it talked to one woman who's a young woman who's trying to counter the Doomer thing. And the example she gave, of course, it was very brief, and I didn't go into it deeply, was that uh, an email from somebody that said she's giving up because we're all going to be underwater anyway. Well, that's that's ignorant. Uh, the, yeah. the, the water isn't the problem. It's the heat. Right.
2: Uh, well.
1: It- so it's such a fine line to walk, and people like you and people like me are are doing it all the time. I don't walk around in a state of gloom by any means. I don't I, either. <laughs> exactly. Um, I mean, I, I, you know, I, a few times a day I do. If I look at the news, like like uh, who, who was it? Oh, do you do you read uh, Heather Cox Richardson, um, the woman who has, she has a daily blog about the you know state of the nation. Uh, and she posted, uh, you know, that uh, Exxon post, they said Exxon made a $112 billion of profit in the last quarter.
2: <laughs> you know, <Yeah>. Three
1: months. <laughs> you know, yeah. and so when I read stuff like that, yeah, I, I go into a little bit of like a slump. <laughs> uh huh. But, you know, and then I go off and I'll spend a week in this high Sierra, you know, and won't even think about it. I'll just, yeah. you know, be in total state of like bliss so yeah
0: um you know i think having a sense of there being a bigger picture uh that uh you know like uh like looking at it from a hindu point of view you know uh, or i don't know many points of view you'd say well planets come and go our life exactly. on planets comes and goes, just like people yeah. are born and die. We're part of an enormous picture that, uh, uh, you know, to me, Lovelock's thing about the Earth being an interconnected, self-regulating being—I, I think the whole universe is, right? You know, and right. even that is probably, of course, that's very limited because. We're just completely ignorant. We don't know anything. And <laughs> we can't. Exactly. You know? We have yeah. uh And so basically, I feel we're all in, ultimately in good hands. I mean, it's sad to see the earth dying and everything, but I see these um, like serious, uh, like more like New Age doomer stuff talking about sadness, living with grief. I don't have any of that. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, but, you know, I've been into that the world is the human race is committing suicide since uh uh the seventies actually in high school i can go back to things i've i've always sort of seen that i mean rachel carlson's uh the uh, rachel rachel Carson's the silent spring came out god i can't even remember sixties right. um right and uh You know, people attacked her. The thing about the oil companies, uh, you know, hiring very, very good PR people to create uh, climate change denial and all that. And they've been very successful at it. Uh, And, uh, you know, a, a lot of that to me, it has to do with the sort of inertia of uh, the money system, I see the m- money system as being like uh, artificial uh, life form. Uh, yeah. That and and there's nobody in charge. Uh, it's sort of out of control, and so it will do anything to keep alive and to grow, to keep growing. And um, uh well, anyway, uh, you sort of see where I, I, I'm coming I'm, from. I'm-
1: yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and we could get things could get pretty dismal if we keep doing that. So I'm I'm right with you. I mean, um, obviously, the politicians are bought off by the money machine and the Supreme Court now is totally in, you know, on the side of the money machine. And uh, we've actually said it way back in the 60s, you know, that capitalism makes money God and it, it gets anything it wants. So yeah. it just keeps going in.
0: Yeah, it controls. doesn't have to I'd say capitalism the way it's structured uh, especially in America but um, right. well all right now that we've okay we've uh, got we've, we've got that out of the way you know that's <laughs> another minor time. sterling but now <laughs> destruction of life on earth all right <laughs> I mean, is sterling still alive no no yeah there's I've got I've got a page on hamoncute dot com. Uh,
1: thanks. I, I will definitely. Um, one of my I just need to apologize ahead of time is that I I really don't spend enough time on your website. So
2: just I don't spend ahead time, of
0: time on anything but my work. You know, I just got a list of things people send me to see and hear and read. Uh, if I have when I have time off, I just like to walk, swim, look at the garden. Uh, but I do keep up with something. I, I avoid news as much as I can, but I let enough in to sort of know what's happening. I read science news. Uh, uh anyway. All right, David. Hey. hey. Uh, so, uh, you, now here's what I remember about you. Uh, your father was in the Forest Service, am I right? Uh, no, uh, uh-uh. uh something like that. Yeah,
1: I, no, I don't know where that, that you were. That, I'm you to, were. I was. Yes. Okay. Me, I okay. was.
0: Yes. There was somebody else whose father was in the Forest. You, you were in yeah, the Forest. Yeah, I foreign don't know who that would be. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, three three
1: summers out of high school, I worked for California Division of Forestry. That's also now known as Cal Fire.
0: Hmm. Yeah wow well. and
1: i i also studied i was studied forestry sort of uh you know my parents didn't give me a lot of direction. God bless your so- souls well, my mom's still alive but she, hopefully she won't be listening to this um,
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> uh, but uh one you know with time to go go to junior college after high school and they said, declare your major. I thought, you know, I was, you know, had to fill out this form. I said, well, I I like to camp a lot. Maybe I'll be forestry. And so I wrote it down. So I was a forestry major for three years in college, which Mm -hmm. meant the first two years of college, I took the same science courses as pre-med people did, people who are going to become doctors, which is actually very hard work, especially since I was smoking a lot of pot and taking a lot of psychedelics. (laughs) Uh, And and then I went up to Humboldt State and I did real forestry for like a year, and then I dropped out and then I uh, actually started sitting Zazen.
2: Yeah. Hmm.
1: So that's my forestry history.
0: Hmm. Um, So what led you to sitting Zazen? Um, You know, uh, I, you know, probably
1: most likely been reading some kind of Buddhist type stuff. Um, Definitely. You know, all of us that came out of the heiress were reading Alan Watts Um, (laughs) and who knows, who knows what else. Um, And, uh, and then I, uh, we spent the summer um, picking crops up in Oregon, came back down to Monterey. Doing what in Oregon? Uh, picking crops. Oh, wow. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, beans and
0: pears. And, and wait yeah. a minute, how old were you then? I was 20. So you were out of high school, you were in college.
1: I'm uh, maybe 20, no, 21, 22,
0: 22 maybe.
1: Twenty-one, somewhere around there. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I was born in nineteen forty-nine, so we could do the math. Yeah, Um, yeah, and so uh, came down to Monterey, visited friends, and this friend of mine, uh, Steve Fox. he, we used to just do a lot of stuff with him, you know, a lot of playful stuff. Go down to Big Sur.
0: This is when you say we? Actually, who's we?
1: Oh, uh, Margaret. So uh, Margaret uh, Walter, who I was married to, um, oh. and uh, went went to Tassajara with actually.
2: Hmm. Um, I forgot yeah. that. I forgot
1: that. Her her father was in the forestry. Yes, he was a lifetime uh, lifetime in the California Division of Forestry. Her
0: That's father. what I'm thinking of.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and so, you know, we contacted Steve because we were down in Monterey. And we said, he said, oh, I'm going to go sit Zazen. You want to come? And we said, yeah, sure, whatever. You know, if that's what you're doing, we'll come along. And uh, he took us to Gene Ross's little apartment in Aww,
2: Carmel. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Aww,
0: <laughs> that's great. The rest, the rest is history. Yeah. So, yeah, Gene, early suzuki student very early oh, yeah more more than very early like from the very first yeah, yeah. Uh, like could have been the first week he arrived in america uh had a zendo there in carmel yeah. yeah
1: yeah yeah she met suzuki roshi through um what's now ciis but i It was called the Institute of Asian Studies, maybe? No,
0: American Academy of Asian Studies. uh, Thanks. thanks. And a teacher there, uh, Kazumitsu Kato, uh, who was the priest taking care of Zen Center when Suzuki rise. Kato took him there to a class.
1: That's it. And that's where Gene met him. Yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah. With Betty. uh, Yes. Betty Warren and Della Gertz. That's right. Yeah. And the three of them were in the class, and he had everybody sit, and they were just sitting on the floor. (laughs) (laughs) And, uh, you know, he didn't say anything. He just said, showed him Zazen, and he said, well, I do that in the mornings, and they came. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. Um, There's so
1: many variations of that story, right? So many people heard that you know so many of the beats heard there was a, a zen master in japantown and they all came knocking at the door and he always that was always the famous line i sit zazen at 5 in the morning that's right please
0: come that's right um uh i he, i think um uh, bill mcneil actually came before any of them but it was very uh-huh. early on some that's exactly how bill mcneil uh got there he heard that and, and he was the the most he was he was the, the 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 you know the number one student for like the first fifty nine and sixty first two years. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Uh, and you know and uh, then his then, you know, other things happened. Uh so you started sitting with Jean and uh Yeah. So and how did the um uh, and did you start living there? Or? Uh, living where? In Monterey.
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah. I, I, uh, I don't know. I mean, it's really too long ago to remember how things actually happened. You know, like how, how, did, how did I get from A to B or B to C? You know, that, that, that liminal space that connects <laughs> actual events. One really knows how, but somehow, um, uh, I guess I decided to, uh, drop out of, uh, college, which wasn't doing a whole lot for me. And, um, I worked in a sports coat factory in Monterey right there by the airport oh. and I saved up, saved up some money. And, uh, Margaret and I both went to Tassajara, you know, we did things so fast in those days. So I don't. You know, I don't. I probably sat with Jean one year before I actually went to Tassahara, which means I applied for Tassahara even before that. So, to say that I was green would be an understatement.
0: And so, when did you first go to Tassahara?
1: So, first time I think I ever was at Tassahara was sometime maybe in. Grade school. <laughs> oh, goodness. <laughs> my, 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 fa- my father uh, drove us all down that road, God knows how, because we had really bad cars, really bad cars. And, you done it uh, in the 50s? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Could have been early 60s. I I don't know. So when the
0: banks owned it, most likely.
1: Yeah. 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 Uh, and most likely our car overheated, and uh, they probably gave us some water and turned us around and said goodbye, <laughs> and, and we were gone. That's probably the first time I actually visited hmm. Um the, ne- the next time was probably um, going into the hot tubs late at night. Oh, uh, sneaking fox- in. Exactly. The, the guy I just mentioned that took us to sit he... He was a real Hot Springs fanatic. So we would go down to Esalen in the middle of the night. We would go down to Tassar in the middle of the night. And um, we were super quiet, super respectful, everything. We did did nothing raucous or anything like that. We just soaked in the tubs.
0: Yeah. Uh, Yeah, people were good. People were good who did that. There was was really – I can't remember any abuse. Incidentally, uh, when I was living out there studying Japanese – I did that. Oh, cool. <laughs> <laughs> That's when you were a student already. Oh, yeah. I'd been. Oh, yeah. That was 69. Yeah. And, and uh, yeah. I've been living there since uh, uh, winter of 67. Yeah. And and you were sitting with Gene at no. that time. No. Oh, oh, yeah. When I was out there. I, yeah, yeah, I would go sit with Gene. Yeah, That's were. true. You uh, did. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, Um, indeed. So uh, the next time I went to Tassahara
1: was the summer of 71. Uh, Margaret and I went probably for a long weekend and just were guest students for maybe two or three days.
0: Mm -hmm. What do you remember about it? Um, I
1: remember... I was in the kitchen washing dishes, and I was asking about, like, how should I do it? Should I, you know? And it was sort of like, it doesn't matter. Don't worry about it. <laughs> it's just that, that's the one thing really stood out. Which, I, mean, I had I had worked at a, as a professional dishwasher myself, so I knew there was right ways to wash dishes, <laughs> but they were very lazy fair about how clean the dishes were.
0: Um, mm, well, I think yeah, that I, has to do with who you talk to. Yeah, right, right. You know, <laughs> It was a very you could have talked to somebody else who was uh, you know, just very particular, you know. Yeah. <laughs>
1: uh but um that's probably all I remember about that. Oh no, that was no, that was after so the next time I went to Tasahara was um late that summer. Um and um this has always been uh, by the way, I, I I did uh read my the interview you did, you did with me eight years ago uh, today
0: to refresh eight my memory. Eight years ago? Yeah. No, no, You inter- yeah.
1: Oh, okay. Oh, yeah, it had to be longer than that. It was more yeah. like 20 years ago. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah
1: okay. <laughs> um, anyway, uh, we went down at the end of the summer for reasons I have no idea. Instead of, and set Tongario, instead of going... You know, at the very beginning of the practice period, sitting Tongario with everybody else. Um, and I don't have no idea how that happened, like how that, that decision get made. Yeah, but it's what we did. So just Margaret and I sat Tongario all by ourselves. Um, you know what? And so, that, so that's next time. That's, so that's my first actual real contact with Zen Center, actually. At that point, I set Zazen maybe three times a week in Jean's living room. No Kisaku, no Orioki, no Buddha drum, no
2: <laughs>
1: no uh, massive you know, ritual, no sessions, no nothing. All we ever did was chant the Heart Sutra.
0: That's it. Yeah. So... Yeah. Um, well that's what she was used to,
1: yeah
0: and that's you know when I came to the Zen center, the only chant, what well, well there were two there was the heart Sutra three times in the morning, just running each one straight into the other uh getting faster and faster it was absolutely wonderful uh that was morning service and uh, uh during a session or something there'd be a, I guess afternoon evening. One I, I can't remember, uh, but uh, then we chanted uh, the the robe chant at the end of Zazen and nobody knew what it meant. Dajaiyeda buku, you know. Uh yeah. that was it. And I loved it, and yeah. I yeah. I still think, uh, you know, that was the high point of chanting for me. <laughs> right, right. Just right, keep right. adding things, you know, yeah. and at uh, things with a lot of words, you got to think about and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah, yeah. Um did you uh run into Suzuki-roshi at any point?
1: So uh, David, I only saw Suzuki-roshi once in my life. Yeah. And that was at the ma- Mountain Seat ceremony.
0: That's my Oh, only, for Richard uh, Baker. Contact. For Richard yes. Baker. Yes. Well, there you are. Don't. That was transmission of mind to mind. What, what do you remember about that ceremony
1: um, I remember weeping a lot mm. Yeah.
0: and yeah. why was that
1: I have no idea and even then even then I couldn't say why because I, I wasn't then and never have been uh, a person to weep mm. um, except um, so I've had it's it, it's happened twice before to me, and both times were in, in, the, in the presence of, of teachers and teaching.
2: Uh-huh. So
1: I think we have talked before about um, my year of chemo. I would, uh, went to a couple of different uh, spiritual people. Uh, one is a woman named Gangaji, and the other was a guy named Adyashanti.
0: Oh, yeah. I'm, uh, I'm familiar with both of them. Yeah,
1: we have talked about them before in the past Oh, you were I, yeah.
0: Yeah, we'll get we'll get into that. Go on, keep going. Yeah.
1: Well, it, uh, with them both I had uh, a singular experience also of uh just uh well, you could say sobbing, you know, for no reason out of the blue. Weeping. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Uh-huh. So, whatever happened, you know, with Suzuki-Roshi was probably a, something in the same realm.
0: Uh-huh. With uh, I'd say there's the additional factor with him. He was very clearly dying and had very little time left.
1: Yeah, and there were a lot of other people weeping. That's that right.
0: Also. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, okay. Yeah. Um. So, uh, all right. So, uh, you said that Tangariu, did you then stay on?
1: Yeah. Uh, yeah, because that's, you know, what you do after you sit Tongario. <laughs> but, um,
0: and the then you stayed for the fall practice period? Yeah, that's right. Yes! That
1: was, uh, I think you were the director. No, right? I was the no, assistant. Dan,
0: Dan. Dan, yeah, was, Dan the was the director. I was yeah, the assistant yeah. director.
1: Bill Kwong was Shu So.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um. You know, I I told
1: the story when you uh, interviewed me 20 years ago or so. Go
2: on, go on. Because
1: I didn't didn't know anything about sashims, you know? Yeah. And I didn't know, back in those days, this was the last time they ever did this. At the end of the summer, they did a sashim. That was the last time they ever did it. But I was like, are you kidding me? I just had five days of tangario. And like a week later, you're going to sit a five-day or seven-day sashim? It's like... Forget it. <laughs> and I, I actually said, maybe could I just leave for that week? This is how little I knew about <laughs> how the place ran.
2: Because
1: <laughs> I, thought, I thought this is something um, just for the people who spent the summer there. And that's not me. So clearly it would be okay for me to leave for a week and come back again. But no, that was not like, okay, they weren't going to do that. <laughs> So that was rough. That was rough. But um, the good news is that um, they assigned Dan Welsh to keep an eye on me.
0: Is that right? And
1: so, yeah. And so I got to, I got to have this, you know, I got to meet Dan and have a really great experience with him. And I worked with him um, every, every work period. We worked together up at the uh, gatehouse, uh, the old, old gatehouse. um, We were doing some stonework up there. Mm. And that was that was so super that uh, you know, all of a sudden I got to have this wonderful experience with him.
0: Uh he might have assigned himself to do that with you unless yeah. you know differently. That's what I I have think. no idea. It yeah, doesn't yeah, sound you know, like I don't know. That, uh, <laughs> that, I don't I don't remember people being assigned to help people that's Dan. Dan's very thoughtful, attentive, and uh uh paid attention to you. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Well, it 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 warmed me, it warmed my heart to Dan Welsh very much so, and I always, I still feel quite wonderful about him. Mm. I, I, do you know it, where where the heck he is? He, Santa Fe. He yeah, I figured that's where he is. He has he's um he's a hard guy to find, right? He's not on the internet anywhere.
0: Oh no, he didn't. <laughs> you know, to get if somebody wants to get hold of Dan. I have to write him and ask if he will. And, uh, you know, he has a nice life there. Uh, He's making pizzas. Uh, Oh, wow. Yeah. Uh, I leave him alone, too. But uh, he's actually very friendly and everything's fine. Uh, Chuck Hoy got together, who's Charles Hoy, got (laughs) together with him a couple of years ago. I connected them. And... uh, uh, but, and that was really great. they had dinners it sent me pictures uh but Dan sent me pictures of well, I told him you know his specialty there is making pizza and not like tomato pizza he didn't he oh, only sure. uses tomatoes for kids' pizzas uh yeah. gourmet pizzas, and he would cater not really because he needed the money uh but Mm, you know, to help him out, he cater uh, events for, uh, mm, you know, uh, people in uh, Santa Fe, and uh, he sent me pictures. I told him that Catrinka makes the, uh, except for his, makes the best pizzas in the world. <laughs> and we just had some last night, and we don't. Oh my eat. god, you huh?
1: You have pizzas? You have pizza in Bali?
0: they wow. have anything here. There's everything here. Uh, she makes them, I said. Yeah. I know. Well, yeah, there's pizza plates. Although I never eat pizza. I never go out and eat pizza. Uh, and it, and uh, hers, she uses pita bread. They're very small. Uh, and she puts, like, leftover vegetables on top of, like, we had some sharp cheddar last night. And then we... We have one each, and we eat half of it, and save the <laughs> other half for lunch uh, <laughs> on the next day or the day after. But anyway, does, so he huh
1: does he have his own? Does he the own the pizza place, or just the
0: cook no? No, he he, he 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 never had a place. Yeah, he he would cater. Uh, Got he, it. he would do stuff at home, or actually, he would bring. Uh, he would bring whatever. To the place a lot and make them there Uh, but yeah uh, and and uh, he sent me pictures of about five or six pizzas he made they were gorgeous Mm -hmm. gorgeous and original unique uh anyway uh Mm -hmm. so yeah uh, there i was yeah
1: (laughs) go on yeah that was that was a fall practice period 1971 and and you were the assistant director, and I don't think I, I don't know, really know when you and I kind of, I don't, I mean, I don't, I don't remember you at all. I don't know if we had any, like, much contact or anything. Um, yeah, and then, uh, went to the next practice period. Uh, that was when Dan was so, and, uh, stayed on for the, um, summer, and I think you were director then. I think you were the director no, of that summer. No, no, sorry. Okay, too bad. That
0: year I <laughs> was. Uh,
1: oh, Mel, Mel.
0: Yeah, no. I was. Mel was. I was work leader in yeah. the city. I didn't get back till seventy four. Yeah.
2: It yeah.
0: Uh, no,
1: it was. I remember now. It was Mel. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't really know when our paths crossed exactly.
0: Yeah. I certainly remember you. Uh, Sure. One thing I remember about you is, um, and I remember this in 71, too, is that uh, you were helpful with uh, fire suppression and that system and setting it up and uh, advising on that. Uh, Well,
1: I think I was the only person down at Gen Center that had any Firefighting experience. So it right. fell on me. Right. This 20, 22 year old kid. <laughs> yeah. 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 So I, I think I was the fire marshal that summer. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And yeah. Indeed. Uh, you know, I have a whole section on fire, the history of fire in the Sahara.
1: It's extensive. Uh, uh-huh. you know, uh, oh, yeah. Um, uh, by the way, I, you know, I did you recently, um, but on uh, I wasn't on the live Zoom, but I, I watched Diane Renshaw's presentation uh, after the fact.
2: <laughs>
0: right.
1: So I, 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 I got to see and hear you and hear your contributions to that, so that was fun.
0: Oh, yeah. I want to do a podcast with her. I like yeah. what she's doing. And David Rogers. See, David Rogers yeah. knows more than anybody. So uh, you were at Tassajara at those times, but... Were you at anywhere else in in the uh, San Francisco Zen Center realm?
1: I'm not sure I understand the question.
0: Well, here you, we've talked about wh- when you were at Tatsahara. All right. So, what happened oh, next?
1: Oh yes, yes. Thank you. So, um, I'm gonna. I, I might just give you a very quick overview here, and then we can go back and touch on any pieces. Yeah. Um, after After I spent one year there. After that summer, I uh, went back to uh, Monterey and Pacific Grove, uh, where Katagiri had now left Zen Center and was the resident teacher for a very small group of students, um, some of whom had been sitting with Jean and some of whom had left Hasahara, actually, to to study with Katagiri. Um so for that so for a, a year um I uh, practiced in Soto Raksu and did jukai uh with Katagiri Oh neat. Uh, during yeah during that time though I I still did things with Zen center um like a uh, winter interim I I went down for all of winter interim um and then uh about half of the summer, I went down and worked in the kitchen. Um, my memory is that it was kind of a traumatic summer in the kitchen. Uh, I think that um, I think the Tenzo got kicked out for smoking pot or something.
0: I'm no. not sure if that's exactly. Right. No. No.
1: Yeah, I thought so. Okay. Really? Well, 72. Wait a minute. It, it was. It, all I know is it was. It was supposedly a traumatic time. Things were not going well in the kitchen, and they were happy to have me there. <laughs>
0: uh, all right. Now, so. <laughs> this is the this is the summer of 72?
1: Correct. Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah.
0: Well, I will be thinking about that. I certainly don't know anything about that.
1: Yeah. Well, um, you know, we all make up some certain stories or some little piece of information gets stuck in our brain, and then we start making a story with it. So,
0: yeah. I don't know. I think if anybody had um, been kicked out for smoking pot, I know it. And, you know, I don't think he'd have done it. He he, he was pretty, actually, he was pretty tolerant in uh, about a lot of stuff. Then really nitpicky about other things. Uh,
1: Well, hmm. anyway, so I did go down for maybe about half the summer, and then um, after that, I had I had wanted to go. Oh, also during that year, I went to Green Gulch Farm. Yeah, and I don't remember how long I was there. It was you know in the very very early days. And, um,
0: yeah, don't, first year, 72. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: So may, maybe I was there for a month. I don't really remember. Um, and I worked with Mark Alexander and, mm. um, and so then my memory is that, uh, I wanted to, now that Katagiri was leaving Monterey, I wanted to go live at Green Gulch Farm, um, but that um, but then Mark Alexander called me and basically said, "Well, we don't really have something for you at Green Gulch Farm right now, but we'd like you to come to city center this mm. is just the, the, the story I have in my head, and sounds um, right and the, I went to city center to uh bake bread
0: and what what oh, that's very interesting what year was that is that still seventy two
1: that would be the – no, that's the fall of 73, I think. Okay. I'm I'm pretty sure it's the fall of 73.
0: Yeah. Then I was at yeah. Gringo's then, 73. Yeah. Oh. Mm. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it was, yeah. And you were baking bread there. Wow. Yeah.
1: Th- so that, that's it, interesting. I, yeah, I stayed at City Center for, I think, about six years, but it might have been a little less. Is that right? And Wow. Yeah. So and I wait with, a minute. Uh, are you are you yeah. with
0: are you still with uh Margaret was that her name Margaret? No,
1: Margaret left Margaret left uh and I uh broke up <laughs> at Tassahara. She when the after the first practice period, she went to um uh, uh Boulder um with some woman who I think his name was Bonnie but I'm not sure.
0: Bonnie Miller.
1: Uh Maybe, yeah. Yeah, Bonnie uh, Miller went
0: to Boulder then. And Bonnie Miller was at Tatsahara then, and uh, she became a student at Trupa's.
1: Yeah. So Margaret sort of followed Bonnie to Colorado, didn't become a a student at Trupa's, but that's Margaret went to Colorado, and I stayed at at Tatsahara. And then we did the paperwork, you know, to finalize our divorce a couple of years later. Um, Mm
0: hmm. Yeah. And I'm just yes. curious, where is she now? She lives in Eugene. She just moved
1: there uh-huh. uh, in the last year, year or so to be close to her grandkids. Uh-huh. Uh, and be, before that, she was living for a very long time in the town of Sonora, California. Uh, if you take Highway 108 through Manteca, go yeah. through the Central Valley, yeah. uh, you hit the little town of foothill town of Sonora. Where she uh, was married and had had kids.
0: Ah, ah, yeah. And you're still in touch somewhat, or you wouldn't know that. Mm, mo-
1: yeah, pretty much just Facebook. But you know, we have significant. I, I, it's funny whenever I use the word Facebook, I feel like I'm. It's a dirty word or something, but I have I have very meaningful relationships on yeah. Facebook. <laughs> so you know, I we find out about each other's life and stuff of that sort. Yeah,
0: yeah. Yeah, well, Facebook works for you. It works for me. It's no problem. I don't spend too much time on it, but it's basically a a force for uh, chaos and destruction.
1: Right, <laughs> and at, at, the, at the at the at the least distraction.
0: Yeah, at the least. Now, there've been a lot of a lot of terrible things happen. The governments change. Uh, Maps. You know, genocide, uh, all sorts of shit has been associated with uh, the ability of clever people learning how to uh, uh, manipulate large numbers of people with disinformation through Facebook. Uh, Yeah. And and disinformation is more appealing than information. Mark Twain pointed that out when he said... uh, a lie has traveled around the world uh, while uh, the truth is still tying its shoelaces. Right. <laughs> uh, yeah, I I have a, a very good friend whose
1: daughter just started working for Facebook, and she's in something like the integrity division or something. <laughs> I had dinner with her recently, and she still hasn't figured out what she's supposed to be doing.
0: Yeah, well they have they make a lot of effort uh to try to be good uh but anyway it's difficult yeah. it's a difficult situation because uh, like i think russia just cut facebook off and i can certainly understand why they you know they don't they don't want it because it could undermine putin with uh you know uh Maybe not with disinformation, but with real information on what's happening in Ukraine. Uh, but right. anyway, um, so so, um, so so I
1: went to Zen Center, and no, I was by myself. Um, and uh, so I was a, I was a baker, and then I became the buyer slash purchasing agent. I I took that job over from Bruce McAllister. Ah, uh, and I was Bill Lane was the treasurer I believe at that time and um, I did that for maybe a year or so and then I was Fukaten um,
0: the, the assistant Phoenix. cook, right
1: Yeah, right And
0: then or The I assistant was, head cook, right
1: I always thought of it was just assistant cook Nancy Sheldon was the Tenzo at the time
0: Wait, Fukaten is the assistant to the Tenzo
1: Yeah assistant to the cook. Yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. Exactly. So not the assistant cook, the assistant to the cook.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
1: <laughs> um, Nancy Sheldon was the tenor. Um And then uh, I, uh, I, 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 I guess I went to Tassahara again and was the uh, guest cook.
2: Mhm,
1: and then I came and was the what year er, what year
0: gets cooked does uh, yeah,
1: absolutely. I just put like a a year in there every time seventy four so um yeah, I don't know the seventy six maybe and no, that seems too early seventy seven maybe uh-huh. so uh the thing about it was the marble cone fire wasn't that nineteen seventy seven yeah And I was uh, – so it had to be – yeah, so it would have been been the summer of 77. I was a guest cook at Tassara. That's it.
0: Yeah. Oh, that's fortunate. Oh, why was that? To have you there when there's a forest fire?
1: Oh, then it would have been 76 because – for the Marble Cone Fire, I was the manager of the Green Gulch Greengrocer with Neil Ruben King.
0: Ah, and wait a minute. I, wait they, a minute. That's 76? No, that's uh,
1: 77.
0: So, guest cooking. 70, 77. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. 77. Yeah. Uh, Charlie was gone, huh? He,
1: Charlie took my place.
0: Oh, Charlie was after you. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah, yeah. I trained Charlie. <laughs> mm. I
1: don't know if he and want to I think was bef- that way.
0: <laughs> Maybe I was before you, huh?
1: You were you and Jim. Jim
0: before me. and Jim. Yeah. Let me tell you, Jim was the unsung hero. He was great, uh, and I got all the credit. And, um, uh, 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 but he was really, he was really good and uh, running right that grocery store, you know, we did everything together and I tended to defer yeah. to him. He was a lot more, uh, stable than <laughs> I was in some ways, but you, you, I you had, guys,
1: you guys, you guys built that thing.
0: Well, right. Well, I came from, uh, Sahara uh, to, to manage it, uh, Dick didn't want me to leave Tassara, but I insisted. He wanted me to continue being director. Uh, but I had to get out of there. I'd been there too much. You, you know, It's like. Uh, and uh, um, so uh, Michael Winger uh, had run it for the first two weeks, and I got there. Mm. And mm. it was Jim and me. And Jim mm. was called the buyer. And I was the Mm -hmm. manager. And I said, good Uh Lord, man, there's nothing on the shelves. We got to fill these shelves. He said, "He said, well, everything has to be approved by the store committee. I said, fuck the store committee. We're not going to pay any attention to that. What do you think there should be? And then he really knew. And I followed him. And we went places. And, you know, it was so great, man, going to the produce mart, you know three in the morning, four in the morning, and the people we met and uh, all the different suppliers. Uh, and, you know, he needed me to give him permission to blossom. Uh, it was great. So anyway, you took over yeah. Yeah. Uh, so I after have,
1: us. It, yeah, yeah. It's interesting because I, I don't really remember. I know that Neil and I were like, like- – you know, like you and Jim together and I held down what I also considered primarily the buyer position. That is I spent a lot of time driving around town, you know, buying stuff at the store, but I also would buy stuff for Tasahara, Green Gulch Farm and City Center. Yeah. So I was, you know, I I I totally loved that job. <laughs> yeah. Just it, I mean, all the people you got to meet, they were everyone so fascinating and so unzen completely unzen um and the produce terminal was the you know the extreme of it all no and, kidding and I, I just used to love going down there big huge semis pulled up all to, all these docks and i pull into this little teeny van this itty bitty van i would pull up next to these huge enormous trucks <laughs> right and, um i'd be walking around in my flip-flops and uh uh, people would be calling out like, "Hey Zen, I got a deal for you today, Zen." Hey Zen.
0: <laughs> wow, wow.
1: And, and, um, and I, uh, I remember one of the crowning uh, moments of glory was at one Christmas when uh, I don't. You remember? Oh shoot. Oh, I almost had his name. But anyway, he gave me like a fifth of scotch for Christmas. I thought, like, I I'm, I'm, I, have made it. I am in
0: now. <laughs> That's really good.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah. There was a bar there. Uh, yeah. Uh, it was sort of an illegal bar or something. The The guy that introduced chimney meat to it was an Italian-American young guy who had a a, a produce store, just produce, downtown San Francisco. And he took us there, and he said, you know, this place is run by Italians. He said, you put a $100 bill on the hood of a car, and nobody's going to touch it.
2: Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah. And you know what he did then?
0: He grabbed an apple from something, and he he dug a hole in it, and then he dug a hole at the top, and he got this little screen, and he put it in it, and he put some hashish in it, and we smoked hash there and nobody gave a shit or paid any attention. that was that was quite illegal then. Uh yeah. and uh yeah, I remember the being in, in Zori, right? And there's yeah. these these dollies coming by with giant <laughs> iron wheels. And there was this guy I used to get stuff from, he was always gruff. Always gruff. And the last day I was there I said, you know, uh, I'm from the San Francisco Zen Center, and, you know, we're into mindfulness and everything. I want to tell you, I learned more about mindfulness here than I did at <laughs> Zen. And that made him laugh. <laughs> yeah.
1: So it's funny. Uh, historically, I don't really remember who showed me the ropes on that grocery store, you know. I mean, I don't remember anyone taking me around like Jim or... He, he must have taken me around and introduced me to everybody, yeah, or something like that. I, I just don't remember it. Yeah. 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 So I'm really glad I got that. I guess I, I guess it was Neil uh, Ruben King was left to kind of mind the store while I was about galvaning about ta- ta- town, buying everything that I needed to buy, and I, I'm really glad of the two jobs. That's the one I got. I I'm just so happy I got that one.
0: Yeah. Do you remember uh, a Diane Goldschlag? Then now, Diane, she would oh, bu- sure. she, she would buy her for the for the city center. Uh huh. Yeah.
1: Well, I'm sure that we interfaced quite a bit. I mean, I, I of course know Diane, but I can't remember like when did I meet her, or how did I know her? Or... There's so many people at Zen Center. I don't actually have the specifics down. Like, what was our relationship exactly, or? How did I know this person exactly? Yeah. So Diane, Diane falls into that category. Yeah. Like, I mean, I remember her very well and I don't remember the particulars.
0: Mm. mm. Yeah, uh, that was uh when we we uh split up. Uh when mm-hmm. I left the grocery store sort of part of it. Uh we we were taking a break. Uh-huh. Uh, uh huh. But uh, so it was all amicable and everything, but we never got sure. back together. Uh,
1: I, I think I was at Greengulch for some reason. Is it possible when, when Clay was born?
2: 73,
0: October. Oh, no, no. Yeah. yeah, no, Clay. Kelly. Kelly, not Clay. Kelly, Kelly. Kelly, meant, yeah. Kelly, Kelly. Uh, Kelly yeah, uh, yeah. October 4th, 1973, uh, above the kitchen in that room. Oh. Yeah, what was I doing there? Because, well, I went, I, as far as I remember,
1: I moved to Page Street in November of 73, to the best of my memory. But, I don't know, what was I doing at Green Gulch when Kelly was born? But I have a memory of being there. And huh. I have a memory of going out, going out and having drinks with you afterwards. <laughs> I ah! Don't yeah. I don't know if that's true or not.
0: Oh, that very well <laughs> think, could be, yeah. Yeah. Although... I pretty much had to staying there. Uh, you mean maybe going down to the Pelican Inn? Something like yeah. I don't remember where we went. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, yeah during the birth, I uh, I was like uh, Diane's slave, uh, uh-huh. I, and you know, <laughs> putting pressure on her back, and she was just giving orders: do this, do that. I couldn't. I couldn't get up to pee. I do not I have so long as I went in my life without peeing. It went on hour after hour. And uh, I couldn't, you know. And, you know, I was totally, uh, it was like altered state of mind. And she was two different types. Uh, and, uh, yeah, that was great experience. Loved it. Mm. So. So, Dave,
1: and, do we have to think of our audience a little bit here? We've been talking for quite a while.
0: No. Okay. No. Just no. thought I'd check in. No, doesn't matter. Uh, so, wait a minute. So, um, well, so there you are. You're in the grocery store. What's next?
1: Um, so, the next big jump is basically I, I leave Zen Center. Yeah. So, that would have been about 1979 or something of that sort.
0: Uh-huh. So, um, um, what Why'd you do that? Yeah, it's it's all a little cloudy. Uh-huh. <laughs> and there might
1: there might be parts that I don't exactly wanna go into on the air, so to speak. Right, right. Right. But the but the, the largest motivation was I um I, I, I saw this was not gonna be my life. I was I just I might have been just turning thirty. Uh, I could see I wasn't going to stay with Zen Center. I wasn't going to become a priest. Um, uh, I should really seriously think of uh, what am I going to do, you know, when I grow up.
0: <laughs> yeah, so
1: that was that was you know the the big motivation.
0: And what did you do?
1: Um, I well, t- I did two things. Uh, I went back to school. I went to San Francisco State and started taking undergraduate courses so that I could move in the direction of getting a a master's degree in uh, counseling or psychology, Mm
2: -hmm. and
1: I moved to Berkeley and uh, went to work in a uh, a kind of French-slash-Russian-slash-vegetarian restaurant. Um, on uh, on college near what was it Ashby, Petrushka's oh,
0: it? Mm. great yeah. great address. Uh,
1: yeah. So, oh, what was it called? Petrushka's, Petrushka's, uh, Petrushka's. Petrushka's. It's Russian. Petrushka's. Oh. I, I can't spell it for you. Sorry. No, that's but good. It's yeah, Petrushka's. It's a Russian word. Yeah. Um, and it was owned by three women. Uh, and, um, uh, so I was trying to figure out what I was going to like do now. I needed to find a job or something like that. Uh, and on the bulletin board there in that little hallway by the bathrooms at Page Street, there was a little sign that said looking for a Zen cook. And I said, well, that's me. (laughs) So I called him up. And so these th- the three women started this restaurant, and one of them was a student of uh, Mel's at the Berkeley Z- Zen Center, mm-hmm. and she was the one of the three of them. She was the one more in charge with the kitchen, and she really idealized uh, Zen students and cooking, anything Zen. And so I fit the bill for someone who had actually worked in a Zen Center kitchen. So yeah. Yeah. I I went to work there actually. Did- Wait a minute. Was this Petrushka's? Yeah, Petrushka's. I went to work there. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. And I I, I moved into this house that was the most amazing house um, up Claremont Canyon. I don't know if you can picture Claremont Canyon. Yeah, I can because my
0: sister lives up on the top there.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah.
0: I used to play tennis with your sister. No kidding. Wow.
1: Yes, yes. Yeah, wow. Uh, yeah, so uh, about halfway up the canyon, the entire left side of that canyon is East Bay Regional Park, and some of the right is like housing and stuff like that. There was, there was, and there's this house that sit on the East Bay Regional Park land that belonged to the East Bay Regional Park, and they rented it out. And um, these people that I met through Meg, Meg Goller, yeah she knew one of the women who, who, who had gotten this house and they were looking for housemates and they needed some more housemates. And so Meg told me about it. She said, Oh, these people are looking for housemates. Why don't you go interview? And so I interviewed there and I, I like to, I like to tell the story. I think basically I came in as a, you know, it's a stunning place to live. Uh, you know, it's completely surrounded by vegetation and nature and it's, you know, beautiful. And I just went in and I, I was just so casual about the whole thing. I remember just enjoying the interview and saying, well, well, good luck guys. I hope you really find someone good. And so I think I got, I got the position because I didn't pressure them at all. <laughs> you know, I didn't say, Oh, I really want this. I really want that. Wow. Cool place. You know, I hope you guys find the right place. So they, they picked me or the right person they picked me. Good. For yeah. Them. So I, Yeah. So I lived up there and, and, uh, uh, met some really super great people, and in fact um, and and then and then Patricia's was just down the hill It's was like five minutes down the hill or less um, and I met some people uh this really great guy, uh Doug Beaton, lived up there and he worked in a halfway house in uh, Union City and I was you know looking to go into the mental health field, so I started working uh in the halfway house. Uh, that kind of was one of the transitions into my working in uh-huh. community mental health. Yeah.
2: Hmm. Hmm.
1: And so, then, because I know you're going to want
0: to know what happens next, I That's really right. didn't have much to do with Zen Center. Uh, did Did you, you ever of, have any involvement with the Berkeley uh, Zen Center? No. No no um one of the the women uh who worked was worked
1: with me at Petrushka's, she was a student at the berkeley uh zendo and i I would occasionally go by, but most of my involvement in anything Zen became a little bit more on the social side from that point on yeah so i I, I never really i kind of like dropped the whole practice thing, yeah, um even though i you know Zen still feels like 100% important in my life. I mm-hmm. haven't been what you'd call a zen practitioner mm-hmm. uh, since I left left Zen center really.
0: Uh-huh. Uh
1: yeah. But I I would had a little kind of like dance with Zen center. I'm trying to think. So around the time that Richard Baker was like, you know, sort of kicked out of Zen center, I kind I went back for various things. Well, I'd um, say
0: he res- he resigned. Yeah. Great. Ran thanks, into thanks, an impasse. Yeah. Okay. He so, in,
1: I, I appreciate. Yeah. The clarification. Yeah. I'm sorry. I apologize if that was.
0: <laughs> well, <you>. no. <laughs> uh, I mean, people see it both ways. I see it as an impasse. You know, he yeah. wasn't willing to accept uh, the sort of conditions that were going to be. Uh, he was going to have to live under if he continued, mm-hmm. and you okay. know he's. It was the imperial period, uh, yeah, and um, uh, you know he's still going strong, especially uh-huh. in Germany. Uh, yeah, no, that's right. really heard. going well. Uh, yeah, and he's. It's uh, anyway. Um, so.
1: Around that time, I, yeah. I I was in contact with people at Zen Center. I would I went to various meetings. Oh like
2: Thich goodness! Nhat
1: Hanh, like Tikkunat Han came and tried to do some kind of reconciliation, and oh, I was yeah. invited to that. And so I still had some peripheral contact, but I don't really know how it got all, you know, how it actually played out. Um, um you know, when uh, Norman Fisher was, did, you went to that thing at the Shadows, didn't you? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So I got invited to that. I had like no idea why I got invited to that, but I I was. <laughs> oh. Even though I, I wasn't like, involved in Zen Center for
0: a number of years. Well, that was for people who had been involved with Richard Baker for a number of years. Uh huh. That wasn't yeah. that wasn't for Zen Center people per se. It uh-huh. was. Got
2: it, it was.
0: Uh, you know, like what Thich Nhat han wanted reconciliation he really believed that was possible and you know he asked me to he thought i could spearhead the reconciliation and and i was i was close with dick and and with jen center but i didn't think that was uh, going to happen and i didn't think it was initially good you know mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so so uh, i was yeah. Uh, I, I was not, uh, uh, I, I told him pretty much that. Uh,
2: uh,
1: so
0: so then, um, you know, uh, Kendra, my daughter. Yeah. Uh, wait a minute, she, wait she a went, minute. Kendra, how'd you get a daughter? Uh, Mary Kunoff. Oh, child, oh, I forgot. Kendra. Yes. Yeah. Oh, right, 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 right. <laughs> And
1: uh, Kendra went down to Tasahara when she was about twenty as an actual student. Yeah. And so then I, Linda and I could go down as that really cool thing called parents of a student. And so then I got to go back to Tassahara a
0: little bit. That was fun. Oh, that's neat. That's yeah.
2: neat.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, um, Wait a minute. Let's go then, back to the
0: shadows. Yeah. Sure. How did? What did you think of that event? I,
1: um. Let's see. Uh, What to say? Uh, I I, I enjoyed the thing thoroughly.
0: Yeah. It went on Uh, a couple of days.
1: At least two, if not a little bit more.
0: Yeah. I think, yeah. And um, it's in Nicasio.
1: Yeah. I thought it was such a uh, uh, synchronistic name for an event like that, The Shadows. You know, no, I mean, kidding. <laughs> no kidding. Um it, So it was really the first Zen Center reunion I, I'd had since I left Zen Center. So in ah. a way, that's kind of what, what it was for me, get, getting to see a whole bunch of people I hadn't seen for many years. Mm. Um, and I, the, the breakout groups were all uh, really rich. Um, and I, I don't think I had any investment whatsoever in any outcome, so... Um, which is actually the story of my sort of life in Zen, too. I never really had any investment in outcome. <laughs> I just, you know, I, I did it because it seemed to be really the right thing to do. Yeah. Um, and so I just, and then it was kind of odd because I had a really bad car accident my way there. Oh. Uh, when I was taking the turnoff for Lucas Valley Road, I don't know if you remember what that's like, but there's a, a long kind of entryway along the right side of the freeway. Yeah, I, I, I
0: remember it. I, I'm, I'm with it's, you. Yes, I'm it's, there. It's an exit only. It's an exit only. So I'm
1: just going down the exit only, and all of a sudden, this car just pulls right into that that lane, and, and just like just I just plow into it. You know, it's you know it's a solid line, so they weren't supposed to be doing that, and they clearly didn't look, um, and my car was totaled. And uh, I got kind of bruised up. Um, I called my brother in Fairfax, and uh, he came and drove me to the Shadows. <laughs>
0: wow! All right, <laughs> who, who who got the
1: ticket? Oh, uh, not me. No, I, I was there. I was totally in the right?
0: I yeah, I know. I just wanted right. to see uh, 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 if um, well, I'm going to see what happened. You don't remember what happened? I mean, what do you mean? What What did their insurance cover your? You're
1: he, uninsured, uninsured. Yeah. No, oh, uninsured. Oh. Yeah. It, um, so no, yeah, the CHP came and, you know, we, my car was towed off to, I don't even know where it got towed off to actually. Um, yeah. And so that's how I arrived at the shadow. So I was late. <laughs> okay. I missed all the, I missed all the orientation and or everything that kind of set the, set the stage for the whole thing. Uh,
2: uh-huh. yeah. Ah. Um,
1: anyway, I, I just remember it was so great to see people. I remember, um, well, I was particularly happy to see uh, Lucy Bennett. Actually, yeah. I, I hadn't seen her for a long time, and yeah. it was really special. She and I were able to have a walk on our own and catch up. And it was that was wonderful. That was great. Wonderful. And and I remember some of us stayed up late one night, and you were there, um, just kind of, you know carrying on and carousing and catching up and enjoying each other's company. Ah. Probably probably someone found a bottle of wine or something to go with it.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Nate. Nate. Uh, yeah. What 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 year was that? Do you remember?
1: No, I don't.
0: No. I don't either. I can't, I mean, I don't even know what decade it was. It was 80s or 90s. <laughs> well, well. Uh, when was Norman the, the
1: abbot? That would be the way to figure it out. Oh, yeah.
0: well, uh, Abbot, he was abbot. Co abbot. Co abbot, right, with yeah. Mel. Uh, and, and, so that would, and would that Reb. be the second?
1: Uh huh. Oh. Mel, Reb, and Norman all together? Yeah, I, well, yeah,
0: look. That's all. Uh, I'm. I'm not sure. Maybe. Maybe around 19. Well, couldn't have been 88 to 92. I think it was 93. No, 90, yeah, no, late. No, no. Oh, before. Before That's I a went decade
1: to, after. So it, it was so later. It was...
0: All right, I went to Japan in '88. You think it could have been eighty seven
1: yeah yeah, I think it's before you went to
0: Japan mm. yeah all right i'd say eighty six eighty seven huh it was very positive, everybody felt really good about it
1: oh yeah no i i i I've definitely felt good about it absolutely
0: yeah uh i mean, I
1: would think the only I could imagine some people not feeling that great about it, feeling like basically that didn't accomplish anything. I, I could imagine there might be
0: some people that felt that way.
2: Yeah.
1: I won't I won't mention any names, but some people
0: Well actually my observation was those of us who were close with Dick, like Arnie, uh, me and some of us we felt that people were too hopeful and had too positive <laughs> a response. And, you know, we all like Dick, but he's still Dick. And, uh, you know, he's not going to change who he is uh, further. But, you know, pe- people kept, you know, he'd, he'd apologize. Then, you know, that wouldn't be good enough. And uh, he could never quite apologize Enough, or you know, you
2: mm-hmm. know what I mean,
0: and sure, sure. so uh, I, I felt it was good for the moment, I didn't feel like anything was gonna change, so to speak, afterwards,
2: right? Uh, and
0: right. uh, I thought what he was doing elsewhere was good, and just keep that up, and since center, yeah. send, you know. But to me, what happened was, like I said, it was, it was the imperial period, both with Suzuki and him. Uh, but Suzuki's, of course, his, his way of leading was to very passive and, uh, but he and Dick both empowered other people. And so he created an organization that was strong and over, you know, it wouldn't put up with him after a while. Uh, Right. So, uh, I thought that was sort of positive. Uh, Yeah, Yeah,
2: uh, yeah.
0: I don't tell him that. (laughs) 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 He doesn't. He look. He's. I think he's finally really over it. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Uh, And he's he's doing. He's thinking about other things. He Uh, he uh,
1: he retired right. So what's that mean? He's
0: not retired. I see. I thought he yeah. actually went through some kind of like I don't know what. Yeah, no, he's, sorry. He's, y- you know best. Yeah, no, he he has retired. But then it was just a meaningless word. Uh, Got it. Uh, basically, he's gonna he's gonna continue uh, having uh, being the primary influence on Dharma Sangha until he can't anymore through debilitation or whatever he's like, "Good Lord, how old is he now eighty let's see he's he's eighty six or eighty seven um wow. and uh, but he's just very happy with especially nicole Baden who he's is becoming i mean he's he's given transmission to a number of people, but nicole Baden is the, the is the abbot of – of uh, maybe she's already got it. He's assigning her the abbot of both German dharma sangha and American dharma sangha, and she is great. Good. Uh,
1: um, you, you interviewed her, right, for your,
0: your podcast? Yeah, we did. A, it's a great podcast. <laughs> yeah, I want to listen to that. Oh, yeah. she's cool. I really like her. Uh, yeah. Um. And I'm 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 working right now. I'm going through a history of Dharma Sangha, a little in-house publication, and uh, I have to write something for it. Horrors! Uh, but uh, anyway, yeah, I think they're doing pretty good. Uh,
1: good, good, I'm glad.
0: Yeah, and his his health is good. Yeah, okay. yeah. What hey, what does he say? He says. Uh, Well, it seems to same thing. A lot of uh, people I've heard say is they feel good, they feel young, but uh, their bodies sort of, you know, uh, uh, you know, it's uh, it's uh, shifting, getting into low gears, and it's uh, becoming uh, less. What would you say? I wish I could remember how, how it was said. It was like their body's breaking down but really? they feel good. He's doing pretty good. There's nothing, there's nothing in particular wrong with him right now that I know of.
1: I'm tempted to ask um, how, you, how your body is doing.
0: Uh, it's all right. Um, you know, I swim and walk and do yoga. I don't play tennis. I mean I stopped playing tennis about three years ago. It's just I But if if I could I would do nothing but swim. Actually I could. Uh but I think walking's good. it's all good. I'm uh, you know, I'm I'm not as uh, spry as I used to be. I definitely see that. And I get tired easier, but you know. Uh It's all right. Good. I'm glad. Yeah. I'm glad. Yeah. yeah. And you you well Yeah. Pretty obviously you're doing good.
1: Yeah, but I got more aches and pains and I can't get up the mountain as well as I used to get up the mountain and uh you know i'm starting to see you know the, the i don't know you know a certain possibly coming to the end of being able to be quite as active as i as i am
0: yeah um i think you got to watch out about uh uh over exerting your body as you get older in ways that might Bring you um, well, George Wilwright. Let's say, who you know, we got Gringoltz Farm. From I was walking with him down in the fields once, and he was in his early 80s, and he he did high mountain skiing up uh, into 80 years old. You know, dropped by wow. helicopter at the top of the mountain with a group of people. <laughs> oh yeah, and yeah. he told me he said it's the oh, it's all the pain, and you know, his body was giving him a lot of trouble. Uh, and uh, I think swimming, which I never was interested in before, I think swimming is the is the best thing as you really get older. A lot of people get uh, knee problems. I noticed, one of the most difficult. I don't, yeah, I don't have that, but I can see you know every little thing in my knees. I think go mm, gotta watch out for that. Uh, I go up and downstairs a lot. That's good. Anyway, yeah. 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 So, um w- when did you and Linda get together? Um
1: it was about 1981, 82-ish.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And we we met we met through uh Meg, Meg Goller.
0: Aha. Again, yeah. yeah. Again.
1: Yeah.
0: yeah.
1: Uh Meg, Meg and I were went off on a bird watching day, day a day of birdie watching. And uh, we, we came back, and she said, uh, oh, you know, I'm going to a party just down the street from here. You want to come? I said, yeah, sure. And that's
0: where I met Linda, at her house. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Meg's in uh, Switzerland. I think she's near Geneva. Uh, married? No, sh- no. She's in, uh, she's in south of France. She's in south of France. She was in Switzerland a long time. Yeah, And now she's in the south of France, you're right.
1: Yeah, and she came to the States, and she lived right up the road from where we live now, in Grass Valley.
0: No kidding.
1: Uh, Yeah, and uh, she moved back to France just about the time we moved up here, which was really too bad.
0: (laughs) Oh, she got married, right? Yeah,
1: yeah. Uh, uh, we were at her wedding,
2: actually—a
1: <laughs> small, very, very small event in uh, Linda and Kaz's backyard. Uh, very, oh. very small event. Yeah.
0: Oh wow! Wow, that's really nice. So
1: now, yeah, now they're—they just had a bunch of fires really close to them in uh, in France, actually, because Europe is really burning right now.
0: Yeah, yeah. Yeah.
2: Mm. So that's
1: how I met Linda. Yeah. So um, I went to this party and um, I just kind of like immediately uh, fell for this woman uh, and called her up right away and said, can we get together? And she said, well, no, actually, because I'm in a relationship. I said, "Okay, uh, call me when it's over. (laughs) That is terrific. (laughs) So So she did. She did. She called me a year later. and uh, and we started seeing each other. But we saw each other um, um, throughout that year uh, because uh, Meg was seeing this guy, Alain. Alon, Alon, I think that's how you say Alain. French guy, Frenchman. Um, And uh, and so I don't know. Somehow somehow or other we would uh, go to parties at Meg and Alain's house or sometimes Meg and I I don't know, and Linda, we'd go, I don't, anyway, I would bump into Linda throughout that year through events that related to Meg, and so it wasn't totally, like, I hadn't seen her for a year, we'd uh-huh. actually seen each other.
0: Uh-huh. Yeah. Well, I'm glad that's worked out, and and yeah. uh, you got married, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and, uh, you know, so many people don't get married in America.
1: Uh, well, you know, we we didn't for a very long time because w- what was the point, you know, just like what right. was the point? We, there were, yeah, there really wasn't any point. But when I came down with lymphoma, um, it felt like the thing to do, kind of. Oh. Logis- logistically, it just felt like it was good to yeah, get married. I, wow. I don't want to just say logistically. That makes it sound a little sterile. But everything kind of surrounding you know, having, you know, a life-threatening illness kind of, you just shift things a little bit and say, yeah, maybe it's good we get married.
0: So. Yeah, yeah, wow. Yeah, Katrinka and I lived together for 11 years before we got married. Uh, and we got married here on the beach. Yeah, I've seen uh, pictures. Yeah, a Buddhist wedding. It was nice. It was uh, nice, yeah, that's... Yeah, and, but... Katrinka's a wedding planner we had to get married eventually. I mean <laughs> you know <laughs> yeah. uh yeah well um so um and now uh the the last place we were was the shadows, and i don't I don't think we've got a lot left to do, but you 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 still haven't i don't, i don't see your profession uh uh, coming together yet?
1: Um, so uh, I left Zen Center. I, I went to undergraduate. Then I, I got a master's in clinical psychology and went to work in community mental health. Um, and interestingly enough, my first job was just two blocks down the hill from 300 Page Street. Um, at a uh, combination residential day treatment program for adults with severe psychiatric disorders.
0: Ooh, wow. Yeah.
1: Wow. And I think, and then I think actually I used to come up and have lunch with people occasionally (laughs) during that time. I mean, I did this little, like I said, this sort of dance with Zen center. I mean, I was always sort of connected in some peripheral way, just usually by, you know, friendships and relationships. Mm-hmm. Um, so I did that and, uh, I don't know, I, I worked there for almost a decade and then I, um, moved up just up the hill, uh, to a place called family service agency, uh, of San Francisco. And I worked in geriatric health for another decade. Mm. Uh, and, uh, and then I retired a little bit on the early side, uh, primarily for health reasons. Um, After I I went through my cancer treatment, Linda and I decided I shouldn't work full-time. And so when I went back to work, um, I worked kind of part-time at the same agency, not anything really very big and important. When I went up to FSA first, I was a Program supervisor for a day treatment program, and then I was S-S-A, a program.
0: SSA, remind me.
1: F F F as in family service agency.
0: Oh right, FSA. All yeah. right, go on.
1: Yeah, and uh, I was a program supervisor for a geriatric day treatment program, and then I was a program director for outpatient and day treatment program, and then I came down with lymphoma. I took a year off, and when I came back, I just did some kind of minor part time jobs. But then the um, director of all senior services uh, left for another job, and uh, she asked if I would cover the position temporarily uh, while they tried to find someone to take the job, and I said I would. And in the course of trying to hire for that position, the executive director said basically at one point, you know, uh, thanks for you know finding all these people, but actually I'd like you to do the job. And so at that time, I said, well, I only do the job if I can do it three days a week. And he said, okay. And so I did that job for a couple of years, three days a week. That's nice. And it is, it is, because actually I, I took over uh, maybe two full-time positions and I did it in three days a week. Mm. <laughs> so um, I was pretty good at it. Mm, um, good. but then the agency just kept growing and getting bigger. And, um, we got a bunch of grants, uh, that involved adding to my responsibilities to the point where I said, I, I don't think I can do this. And so I retired early basically. Um, and as I say, I only retired early because I had a wife who worked full time. So I I retired. What what, what what was she doing? Linda's a doctor. Oh, yeah, and she worked um, in a number of jobs. Uh, She worked in a very small community-based private practice um, in Berkeley in a very poor neighborhood and very poor uh, patients. they, They she worked with, and then she worked for. Alameda County for a little bit, then she worked for San Mateo County for a little bit, and then she went back and worked for Alameda County. So she um, always worked in um, county clinics working with a very underserved population.
0: Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. Boy, both of you uh, taking on pretty difficult uh, jobs there.
1: Yeah, Yeah.
0: Yeah. Mm. So I wanted
1: to tell one story, though, about how I reconnected with Zen Center at one point.
2: Um, yeah,
1: when the the basin uh, for, the Basin Complex fire. Do you remember that fire?
0: Yeah, that's the one um, where the the Fire Monk's book was written that's about. It.
1: Exactly. Yeah, and of course we all followed that fire extensively. Um, and uh, so I, and I had retired already, and for some reason, uh. I hadn't really had any connection with Zen Center for a long time, but I think I must have just, because I can't remember who it called, but I must have called Leslie James is all I can imagine and said, can I come down and take some pictures? I, you know, I was drawn to like photograph this, um, uh, you know, landscape, this burned landscape. Um, and so, and she said, yeah, come on down. So I went down there very soon after the road had been opened and uh photographed the area and then I went back again in the spring to photograph the regeneration process um and that got me reconnected to Zen center um and I started going down usually once a summer they would invite me to go down for a few days in exchange for taking pictures. And then they would use those pictures um, on the website and uh, brochures and stuff like that. Um, mm. And so that was really cool. I really enjoyed that lot, um, kind of reconnecting with Zen Center at that time. And again, primarily Tassajara, though, at one point uh, someone asked me to go photograph Green Gulch Farm because they'd done a lot of work, as you probably know, and new buildings and stuff like that. So I did yeah. a bunch of photography for them, too. But they never used those photographs. So I was a little, like, uh, upset about that. <laughs> oh.
2: Um,
0: yeah.
1: So that was that was sort of fun that, to reconnect again.
0: Yeah. Um, well, they've got yeah, a priest. I, I like that. They've got a priest there, Shindo David Hayes. Yes. Haze, who's, yes. Uh, yes. A very serious photographer. And uh, yeah. uh, he might have had some leverage you didn't have. Or, I don't yeah, know. Yeah, no.
1: <laughs> no no i no david and i met each other actually we knew each other and um we did a, a joint show i did uh i did a photo show at zen center of photographs of uh, of the fire and then the three of us tova green and david and i also did a joint show also um so we 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 know each other and yes i, I realized he was my main competition
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> a, gr- a great guy though
0: yeah yeah uh yeah, I, I get emails from him constantly now. Oh, really? Uh, wow. Because he's working on uh, Suzuki Roshi Lectures. And uh, uh. so uh, Peter Ford, uh, I said, Peter Ford is the managing director of Cuk Archives now. Uh-huh. And and, uh, and Wendy Piercing are working on them too. I just advise on them some. Uh, and... Uh, you know, I'm, I'm I'm doing other projects. Uh, but one thing I've taken on is uh, is editing the audio, which is different from what they're doing. Uh, but um, he is r- really doing a good job with it. Anyway, I just thought I'd mention that it's well, very saw, exacting.
1: I, I, oh, good. Yeah, yeah. Well, he's, he's British, you know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, I saw that he and Ed Settison had just done a kind of a seminar or something. Right, on a, right. Yeah, on, on, the, on the new newly discovered or something like that. Uh, Suzuki Roshi tapes or something. Right,
0: right. They found about 30 tapes that were uh, some box or something. Uh, a number of them, uh, some of them we had audio for, but Uh, most of them we didn't have audio for. Some of them we didn't even have transcripts for. So, uh, uh, you know, uh, they're, they're all, uh, Zen Center's been, uh, making a big deal out of that for like a a year now. And, uh, which is good because it gets people interested in, yeah, in, you know, what Suzuki Roshi had yeah. to say, and in the archive. There's more uh, real interest in archiving now, and it's because of the work uh, at Zen Center uh, than ever before, and it's because of the work of Shundo and Charlie Wilson. Uh, they have a business, Engage Wisdom. It's uh-huh. Zen, Zen Center hired them, you know. Uh-huh. So, so he's a priest for Zen Center, but he's also uh not really an employee i mean they hired to engage with him i don't know i don't ask how that works out uh in the work he's doing now on uh uh verbatim uh he it was mainly him and peter uh is working on the verbatim and 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 we do light edits too mm-hmm. uh and uh uh and uh i've been i've been uh putting on uh you know uh uh what's new everyday uh the what's new blog for cuke uh i'm right. i'm only uh putting excerpts of uh lectures from that group and um uh, anyway that's that's neat and that's there, been really good but th- there, they're they're there, moving to to uh archive all Zen center tapes and there's like 10,000 of them you know
2: hmm. Hmm.
1: amazing um, how do you how do you after this many years discover a lost box of tapes? You got me, where man. I thought
0: we'd looked everywhere. <laughs> wow, I, like, where, I just, where the heck?
1: <laughs> uh, It'd be very very fun to know just where that box was.
0: Yeah, I know, I know. And there's been stuff lost too.
1: Uh-huh,
0: uh-huh. Uh huh. I can imagine. Oh yeah. Um, well, I had an experience. You know, uh, I started putting together, uh, the, you know, all the, all the transcripts in about, I started that in about 93, right? Uh, and, and then, uh, getting all the audio there was and, uh, getting the ones that didn't have transcripts, getting them transcribed and, uh, I started that back in the 90s, and it's just never stopped. And then there was this big project Zen Center did. And, you know, Winger and I, uh, uh, you know, he was in charge of that. Um, uh, We were quite involved together and all that, and Bill Redican came in. But it just keeps going. But Zen Center, uh, you know, will get involved in something like that. But then when the budget runs out, that's it. Yeah. You know, so that was gone for a couple of years back at the turn of the century. But, but actually, Susan O'Connell, the, uh, uh, Susan O'Connell, you know, who who was president of Zen Center, she's the one that ran the interference to, to, you know, really get Zen Center interested in putting some real, uh, interest and focus on, on uh, on you know, on serious archiving. But mainly Charlie's had spent a lot of time writing for grant proposals, you know. Uh, so I don't know all of what they're doing. I, I can't do grant proposals. Uh, and, but they're doing a lot, and we're working with them. Um, Good. And, um, yeah. Yeah. That's neat. Do you think? Yeah. I, I, I sort of worry. I
1: sort of worry that um, somehow Zen Center is not going to survive this COVID pandemic. Oh, know, financially.
0: Oh well, we'll see. I mean, they I mean, you uh. can't do anything public.
1: I mean, maybe the online business is booming. You know, maybe online classes and stuff like that is booming. But it seems like they had to find some way to. 'Cause Tasahara is like wasn't it like their main largest source
0: of income? Um, it, very large source of income and, and they couldn't get enough staff to run the guest season this summer and right. almost had it but at the last minute cancelled it. And that I couldn't yeah. believe that. I went, What? It's unbelievable. But um so many you know, COVID had just sort of broken things down. So we'll see what happens uh uh something will happen. Uh good. sure you know, there's some really good people in there, really smart people. Uh I think I think of Susan O'Connell as being the most capable person in terms of institutional survival. Uh she's she's up there closer to a level like Richard Baker, who has done miracles with Dharma Sangha. Oh, God, oh, what nerve that guy has! Uh, I mean, you know, same thing he did with Zen Center—was uh, getting Zen Center to buy things. There just was way beyond any possibility of doing it. Uh, and then what it, it did is. Uh, Zen Center came up to it and did it and, uh, anyway uh, yeah but we'll see what happens I mean at a time when civilization is threatened I'm not gonna worry too much about it uh, you know so David uh, that, does that bring us up to the present oh, I
1: have no idea
0: Seriously? Um All right. Are you back? I am. When something's happening?
1: Uh I don't know. Are, are there strange noises? Oh yeah. Oh, I I don't know it's what, what kind of noises? Wow. I did I did I did walk a little bit. I did, actually. I did take a few steps.
0: Wow. I don't know. I don't know. What's
1: it say? What's it sound like? Oh.
0: It sounds like somebody else is on the line and moving around and um, doing things.
1: No, I did, I did. I walked from the porch inside. Could that be it?
0: Oh, I don't know. Don't worry about it. Um, okay. I think we've... Uh, uh, is, is there anything you'd like to say in parting?
1: Um, I'd like to say it's
0: super great to talk to you.
1: And uh, it's really sad you don't live closer you. Um I really appreciate you having a conversation with me. Uh, when I thought of this, uh, you know, talk coming up, um, I just... It just felt a lot of gratitude for what you've done um, for um, chronicling the history of Zen Center, doing these podcasts, doing all the interviews, getting all the information of all these people from the early days. It, um, and I just felt a lot of appreciation, just looking forward to talking to you like this.
0: Well, I, I appreciate your doing it. Yeah. And thank you. Thank uh, you. Uh, you know, to me, it's. I'm re- it's funny. I'm really interested in people now, uh, you know, and the the whole historical thing. Is is like uh, it's the way we can meet and say hello. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Yeah. Uh, I. I, it's it's funny, you know. I I I uh, don't. I I don't want to be a person that reminisces uh, a lot. I want to f- keep focusing on what's happening right now and what's new and, uh, but uh, it's my job now. <laughs> it's my duty. Uh,
1: yeah. Well, yeah. I, I'm really glad you're doing it.
0: Yeah. I'm well, uh, thank you.
1: I, I think it, a lot of people. I, I, I'm, I'm hope. Well, I think a lot of people in the present are hopefully benefiting it for, given all of this vast amount of information you've put together onto Cute I'm yeah. hoping it benefits people. And I, whenever I have an opportunity, I. Uh, I put some link on Facebook to something interesting I found on Cute dot com ah. to keep keep people kind of plugged into that that uh, just that important part of history.
0: Ah, yeah. Ah, well, well, um, that well. Thank you. I you know uh, there's like two aspects to the work. There's the Suzuki-Roshi lecture archive, right? And we have, right. we don't try to have a good presentation as much as a thorough presentation, you know, every edited version, every audio version, everything he said and um, that we could find. And so there's, you know, there's people who appreciate that. But, um, and some people think of that as what I, I'm doing or what Q Archives is about, but uh, the um, the the oral history, the written history of the the uh, connecting with people, uh, you know, telling the story of people, and having people come on and seeing what they're doing right now. That's uh, I, I think that's a bigger part of it in a way, and a lot of people say that is is more inspiring to them than the lectures. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. Uh. Not that the lectures aren't inspiring and informative. I like working with the lectures, you know. Every day, something, uh, and I don't really think about it, you know. But I'm just constantly going, "Oh wow, that's a good point," or, or mm-hmm. the opposite, or like, "Oh, well, why is he talking about this?" Uh, or I'll say, "God, his English is getting worse." I get mad at him. Because his English keeps not improving, you know.
1: <laughs> uh, also so you're listening to some of those old lectures or reading the transcripts and then you you read like the questions, you know, student asked mm-hmm. some questions and you go like, Oh my god, how did he ever like put up with these people? You know, I mean everyone was so naive.
0: Yeah. Right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
1: I mean all of us were so yeah. naive.
0: Yeah 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 i know life is embarrassing especially if you look at the past of your own past uh it can be anyway uh, <laughs> uh, well well thank you david uh yeah. say hi to linda oh hey wait Absolutely. we didn't even touch on ajay shanti
1: oh, we that, that's going to have to be another talk
0: yeah, sure. well, I think, as you say... We
1: didn't, we, and we didn't find out how Kendra and the grandkids were doing either, right?
0: Kendra, I, I, I uh, you know, I hear about Kendra. Uh, some, You know, like, we're friends on Facebook, and I hear about her from Mary. and uh, ah, Great. Uh, you know, I've followed somewhat what she's doing. I really don't know what she's doing right now. Uh, but uh, you did mention uh, Gangaji, who incidentally, lived in Bolinas. uh right. right. And, and um, uh, Adyashanti, I've heard Adyashanti a uh, uh, half dozen times. really like mm-hmm. him. Uh, yes, yeah. And, and you all, you all uh, were very close with Adyashanti for a number of years and probably know Steve Bodian and some of the other people. In that realm. Yeah, of
1: course. You know, Steve Bodian was at my first practice period. Um, oh
0: yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. But
1: uh, and and uh, of course, then uh, uh, John, uh, John, John, another uh, kind of successor of um, uh, Ajay who, who was at Zen Center. Gosh darn it! Oh, can't
0: remember who he was. you know. Oh, send me the email to remind me. Because right now it's okay. not coming. I may, I might not know. Um, anyway, how's Ashanti Shanti doing right now? Um, so
1: he's taking a break from teaching. Mm-hmm. Um, he, he might have had some health issues himself, mm-hmm. um, and he just yeah felt that uh, it was just yeah. So he's taking some break. I think he plans to come back, um, and his wife Mukti is kind of
0: take it over oh really really yeah. alright alright well okay uh, <laughs> anyway great talking with you and great uh, talking to David. and I'm, I'm sure we'll continue being in touch and uh, right. okay and uh, okay. I'll, I'll let you know uh, when this goes up might not be Thanks. for a month uh, it's
1: okay I'm not in a rush
0: yeah okay All right. Take care. Thanks a lot. Thank you. All right. Bye-bye. So thank you very much, David Silva. Really enjoyed talking with you. Um, And, uh, uh, well, I look forward to hiking in the Sierras with you. That would be good. Yeah. Uh, However, I don't know if I'll ever get back on that side of the world. We'll see. Hmm. Say, uh, I did a Zoom call with somebody who's going to make it a podcast. Simplicity Zen, really interesting guy, uh, Barry Crawford. Simplicityzen.com, I think. I'm not referring to it. And, um, you know, we had a little discussion. And actually, I did it with him. And then I told him, uh, well, I've been recording this. I said, I was recording when before you answered. And I said, I'm still recording. And uh, I said, all this stuff you just said, because we kept talking after we were through with the podcast, we went over two hours, and we just kept talking, and I asked him all sorts of stuff. And I said, hey, ma'am, you know, I forgot it was recorded, I didn't turn it off. That, that, that's a good podcast. Uh, and so uh, he'll, be, he'll be up here in a month or so. I'll, I've got that saved here. Um, but one thing he said to me this really made me think – it made me uncomfortable, a little depressing. I've got – I think I'm going to have to have a couple of caps – not caps. Well, I don't know. Maybe they're called caps. Um, uh, crowns removed, fairly new crowns because they got cavities in them and um, – Anyway, I'm going to be talking to my dentist about that. I went to other dentists, real high tech places here to to uh, make sure I knew and got a a uh, got a x-ray to show her. Uh boy, I can't do. I can't afford to do it again. I mean, have to go rob a bank or something. Uh, but you know, she'll have to figure it out. She's a very good, honest. Uh, person. Uh, we'll have to figure something out so it doesn't hurt. Um, and uh, mm, But anyway, that's not what worried me. What worried me was thinking about, you know, he says right at the first, he says, uh, I think he just puts this on Facebook. He says, uh, please uh, subscribe and, I don't know, share, like, whatever. I told him, I can't do that. I never do. I never do anything like that. I just don't. I don't want to promote anything at all. And uh, he said, "Well, then other people won't learn about it. And you know, uh, if if you have people that are following you, uh, if you have more of it, Facebook notices it or YouTube notices it, and then they start sending it out, and it sort of can grow." And I thought, well, you know if people are interested, they'll come, but that's not true so i'm I'm sort of conflicted about it, but anyway i'm i I saw I was talking to I have an assistant that came today to help because my new album uh, uh our new album balyuga zero it's called uh was uh, went online today. So if you go to baliyoga.com, uh you can uh, you can access it. Actually, the best thing to do is when you go to com, it actually winds up on the, the homepage of com, my my um, music website and baliyoga is just our band here in Bali. It's just a recording band, studio band. Uh and um, I have artist pages on uh, you know, Spotify and Apple Music, Amazon, YouTube, and um, just hit one of those and you can go to it and here's zero. Um, anyway, I think it's pretty cool. Uh, so, you know, I should ask people to share and like that. I should ask people to share and like and follow and subscribe and all that stuff uh, for the various uh, venues this goes on. And I should ask people to donate because, uh, you know, we just barely get by. You know what we get by, you know, is uh, just little coins we happen to see in the gutter picking them up. And, uh, oh, yes, our very kind donors and people who subscribe on PayPal or send little checks. That really helps because... Um, you know, I don't have a paid job, <laughs> and let me tell you, publishing is pro bono, almost. <laughs> it's <a> nominal pay, <laughs> unless you get something pretty big. Uh hmm. But, um, all right, that's enough of that. You you see what I have to say? I, I think I will probably figure out some, you know, like, when, at the beginning of these things, I've got it all worked out to say the same thing every time. I'll figure out something like that. And I can't be apologizing every time I say it. People don't like apologies. They want want you to be affirmative. Say, I'm going to promote it and tough luck if you don't like it or something like that. Okay. This has been a Gook Audio podcast. I'm D.C. Puba of Gook Audio and Gook Archives coming to you from Sleepy Sanur, with dog and bandita, feline cuchita, and dear lovely katrinka. And we're wishing you and yours and all of us a grand awakening. <laughs>